Hey, welcome to the weekly, the very first episode of 2021. We have arrived in the future. I have eaten my first Slim Jim, and I'm here with Pastor Jay Ewing. Why is this podcast always about food? We always get there. Hey, man, it's so good to be with you, Thomas. Happy Tuesday, Calvary Bible Church. I hope you're doing well. January 2021. So good to have 2020 in the rear view mirror. That's right. If you are a first-time listener, this weekly podcast is what we do to try to connect what happened on Sunday or on Saturday in our weekend services to your real-life lived Monday through Friday, trying to make the sermons as practical as possible, answering questions that you have written into the weekly at calvarybible.com, and exploring this great Christian journey together. Yeah, man. If you do us a solid, get on to the Apple Tunes, Apple Tunes, <laughs> iTunes, or uh, podcasting. <laughs> My goodness. 2021's rough already. Already. And uh, write us a review for uh, just the podcasting and just be great for you to have your voice. What do you think about the show? Give us a five-star, four-star review. Six-star. Seven-star. <laughs> And uh, we would really appreciate it. Let your friends know. If you find an episode super helpful, there's a share button on podcasting that's super easy. Just hit that. Uh, share it with your family, friends, anything that's really encouraging to you. That'd be awesome. Thomas, we have some Calvary news this year. We are moving into a new year and have a phase for regathering, the large group regathering that's safe and simple for 2021. What does that look like, Thomas? It's going to happen on January 17th um, on all three campuses. How cool is that? It's exciting. I mean, we, we haven't stopped doing ministry and doing church for you know, all of 2020 yeah. in smaller groups uh, all around the Front Range, but we're going to open up our last kind of uh, ministry that hasn't been um, gathering, which is our large group gatherings on site on Sundays. In just a couple of weeks. So all the details for that, new service times, uh, reserve your spot. All of those details can be found at calvarybible.com. If you don't see it there, maybe wait one extra day. Yep, definitely. Calvarybible.com. Reserve your seat for January 17th. Also, know that uh, if you feel uncomfortable joining us in this regathering phase, large group regathering phase, home groups are still meeting in smaller groups online, in person as well. There's options there. And smaller groups. Absolutely. There's there's no pressure to return to the campus. Um, everyone gets to make uh, the right decision for them and their family. And we're going to continue to provide all of our weekend services as we have calvarybible.com, Calvary Online for your home group. So decide what's best for you. When's the right and safe time to return? Um, we're just so thankful you're sticking with us. Yeah. And also got some news that we have a special podcast coming out in the coming weeks called What We Are Reading. And uh, staff at Calvary have picked books out that we've been reading um, behind the scenes that we're going to talk about that we want you at Calvary to read along with us or with some friends at Calvary. Um, the first one is Gentle and Lowly, by, written by a, a good guy, uh, Dane Ortland. And you can pick that up and start that. Look for that podcast to come in the coming weeks here in January. We're just trying to help Calvary folks get a great library of Christian resources. Oh yeah, I love reading. Do you like reading? I love reading, my friend. Would you Would you read over the break? Oh, that's just too nerdy. I can't answer that. What? I I read like a Tetris manual or what? <laughs> I read some uh, Plato actually over the break. Play doh No, Plato. Oh, with a in T. Socrates. Yeah, okay. I. I'm okay. So I have this. 
This is a story you just got yourself into. Sorry, Thomas. I have a 51-volume set of the Harvard Classics. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> and they are they were created around the turn of the century for just the Western mind to have the most essential readings of Western literature, basically. So they're limited in their scope a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I am determined. They've been on my shelf for a decade. Let's just be honest. And I am determined to read all of them. And I'm starting them in 2021. Are you reading them in Latin? No, they're in English. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So I finished volume one in December. January is volume two. And it started off with Plato and his and Socrates dialogue. So it was really good. Nice. <laughs> I know. Great. I told That's you great. it's so nerdy. Everyone should feel encouraged that Jay is <laughs> deep in the Western literature canon. Yes. Right. All now. right. I, I, that, that leads me. This is a good segue. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions, Thomas? Uh, I've never made one. You've never made a New Year's resolution? No. It's hard to resolve to do something better that you're already doing so well. <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> I, knew, I knew when I asked this question, you were going to come up with something crazy like that. I just know you. That's, I know that's, that's something. Give me, give me your New Year's resolution. No, I want to hear. Do you, like New Year's resolutions, I think they've, they've had a hard time in the last five years. People have been very critical of them. It's sort of a new trend, like the pendulum swings of resolutions, I think, is happening right now. It's like cool not to have resolutions. Jay, I just ate a Slim Jim. <laughs> making, making a oh, New gosh. Year's resolution should start real low for me. Yeah, a resolution can be something you add or take away, my friend. So it's okay. You can add Slim Jims into your resolution. No, I think resolutions are really good. Great. Would you just, I know you're itching to tell me what you did. No, so I'm not. Just, well, I don't just to get to read more Play-Doh, play with Play-Doh. <laughs> what, what did you make as your New Year's resolution? No, I, I'm determined um, possibly to try f- for the very first time in about 10 years to read from front to back the Bible. I've done many different readings. I've read the Bible in its entirety several times, um, but this year I thought 2021, I'm going to get back into this again oh man can i give you a dad brag yeah actually it should be like shouldn't be a dad brag i didn't really fully grasp what she was doing but my oldest who is 11 determined to read the bible last year mm-hmm. and on Jan- on january 1st she came in and informed me and mom that she had just finished the end of her bible reading plan so she she did this on her own on her own every morning i mean every morning she'd wake up yeah grab her book light and read her daily reading that's very impressive. Amazing. That is impressive. So I remember several times when she'd like be asking crazy questions because if you have read your Bible cover to cover, you'll ask crazy. There's questions. some questions yeah. in there. <laughs> totally. And for an 11 year old, there's probably a lot more. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was super fun to be able to to answer and dialogue with her this year, and then to see her complete that. What a great story of 2020. Man. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a beautiful story, my friend. Thanks. So for her dad that. eats Slim Jims and she reads the Bible. Yeah. You know, actually, one time I read the Bible in 90 days. There's a there's a Bible reading plan based upon, it's called the B90X, Bible in 90 Days. It's off of that old Beachbody workout, P90X. You remember oh that thing? But it was like, but it was read the Bible in 90 days, which it takes about an hour and 15 minutes to read your section for 90 days. Okay. And uh, man, actually, that was probably the, my f- most favorite time to ever read the Bible was 90 days worth of it. It was hard. Like, it's really hard. That's not easy. And I was single. 
I was a bachelor living in a basement, so it was a little easier. <laughs> I had a lot more free time in my life Absolutely. than dad life. Okay. We're, right, so we're, we're, we're yeah, starting a new series. New year, new series, and similar to you know, getting your Bible, I guess reading plans together and getting your New Year's resolutions. Um, I did spend some time with Tom Shirk, senior pastor of Calvary Bible Church, last year figuring out what are we going to start the new year off with. And this first weekend, as you guys saw on Sunday, we kicked off a new series where we want to fix our eyes on Jesus, the personhood of Jesus, who he is. And there are so many different ways to do that. And this year, we're going to start with a seven-week series looking at the seven I Am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. And these seven I Am statements, kind of the tagline of the series is, the I Am that transforms everything, or who transforms everything. Can I ask you some questions, some clarifying questions, even out of that? Out of that? Yeah, go for it. Um, why are why does John, why is he the only one to write these I am statements down? Mm, that's really good. So John's posture in uh, who Jesus is is even interesting because he starts off with Jesus' divinity. John is concerned with connecting Jesus to the Logos, the Word, the one who was in the beginning, was with God and was God, and I think John's picking up on a lot of those same theological points of who Jesus is claiming to be, the claims of Jesus. That's really cool. So John writes his gospel really later than the other three gospels, about 20 years, 25, maybe even 30 years later. Yep. That's pretty incredible. And he writes them as an old man, like he's finishing out his race on this earth, and he has a, a specific mission in mind to give to the church as it goes into a new century, right? Correct. So is that a question? Well, like it's just really important to understand John's story when, yeah, he's not, reading, yeah. when you're reading John. Yeah. He's not writing in a vacuum. No. He's not writing he's writing in a context of like he wants the church to know that the divinity well, the Holy Spirit is prompting John, let's put it that way, a little more theologically rich. Prompting John to remind the church that Jesus is divine. Jesus claimed to be divine, right? I mean, that's that's the whole point. So we started off, if, if you didn't grab the sermon, go back, definitely take a listen. Tom did a great job opening it up. And there's this moment where Jesus is talking with the religious leaders of the Jewish community, and they're talking about their you know, origin stories. And he's like, who's your father? What family do you believe in? And that's probably a knock on him, you know, and not knowing maybe is Joseph his dad, who, who, is, jo- who is his dad because, you know, his mom claimed to be a virgin. Uh, and then Jesus is talking to them about their, you know, origins and their offspring of the devil himself. And so they class, you know, are you so old to um, be older than our father Abraham and Moses? And then Jesus makes this profound statement that before Abraham was, I am. And yeah. you know exactly what Jesus is claiming to be, which is God himself, the one who spoke with Moses on the mount, and they get that. We don't. They get it, and you know they get it because they pick up stones to stone him to death for, for blasphemy, claiming to be God. Yeah, if you want to read the stories in John 8, 58, that specific verse. And origin stories are really important, right? We all have our origin stories. They define who we are. So when Jesus defines his origin, it defines everything about him. And he defines it as the I am who has no beginning. And who has no end. Yeah. He is God himself. So the I am statement is a little complex, and Tom did a really good job getting us to Exodus 3, where it's sort of the definition of this I am statement. Share a little bit more what is the I am statement and why is it so important. 
Well, I think one of the things that I, I just appreciate so much about um, the Exodus 3 passage was it's God revealing himself to us. So however God chooses to reveal himself is how he's choosing for us to know him. And so he begins with these great statements of, of his activity, as Tom pointed out. So what is he doing? I'm the one who hears. I'm the one that sees your suffering. I'm the one that remembers my promises. I'm the one that is coming down. I'm the one that will be with you. I'm the one that's going to bring deliverance. Those are all the characteristics of who is this I am, because the I am is this self-existent, um, self-initiating, self-defining name. We all we all kind of operate with names, right? Like a name tells us so much about uh, who a person is. So if there's a bunch of J's in Erie, I'm trying to figure out if I'm talking to the right J, I'll probably use his last name. So it's J Ewing. Now there might be some more J Ewings in the area. So then I have to define J Ewing, the husband, J Ewing, the pastor, J Ewing, the father, J Ewing, the brother, you know, however you want to put an adjective on. And God simply says right here, I am self-defining. Yeah. And that, that is in direct contrast to how God's in Egypt or God's in this whole world define themselves, right? Like, I'm the God of the sun. I'm the God of fertility. I'm the God of war. War. And God says, no, 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 I am, you know, this is like the Shema. Like, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one, meaning the one. I am above all other gods. I define myself. And the reason I can't give you a name of the sun God is because I am above, I'm above the sun. Like, you can't even use the sun to define me. Mm-hmm. I am who I say I am, and I reveal myself to be. So I was digging around about this statement today, and I ran across the church father of Augustine, who is one of the earliest church fathers, probably the most influential, would you say one of the most influential church fathers of all time? Yeah. And he was reflecting on this statement um, in his writings, and he says this. He says, it is the absolute is, and he capitalized is, the true is, that is, is is the true sense of the word that I long for. And I think that was really helpful for me to get my, like, you can't define him. He only defines himself. And Augustine does something brilliantly with the simple word is, he just is with the capital I-S. You know, what's, what's so encouraging about that, and, and Tom flushed this out, you know, trying to make this as practical as possible, right? Right. God is, and that has so many implications of, He's the same yesterday. He's the same God who spoke with Moses, who was on the cross. He's the same God that's with me personally today, unlike humans. I mean, humans are so different, you know? So think about the spouse that you might have been married to uh, or you are married to, and you think, okay, what, what attracted you about them? And you might say, well, they are so compassionate. I love that he loves the ballet I love that she watches sports with me or whatever it is. And then you got married and you realize, well, maybe that's not who they are. Right. They are that some of the time. Right. Most of the time, not much of the time. And so you learn like, wow, they are compassionate, which I fell in love with, but not all the time. Whereas when God defines himself who he is, that's who he is all the time. So God is Good. He's the one who hears, the sees, that remembers. That's who he is. And you never have to approach him wondering, I wonder if he'll continue to be good, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving. I wonder if he will always be a righteous judge. I wonder if he'll always have affections for me as he promises through his son Jesus today. No, he is. 
he defined himself as, and he will continue to be. Man, that's powerful. So how does that really live out to someone who's really struggling in this season or um, is walking through a tough season is knowing that God does not change and he does not change in how he deals with people. So going to God's word, you're starting to remember, it keeps instructing you how to remember to think about God and how he interacts with human beings. Yeah, one of the questions that the home group team, that your team put out there, Jay, that was helpful for our group on Sunday and I think would be helpful for the conversation is how do people define God? Like we have the same problem with, with most, like give me a name because I want to know, are you the president of something? Are you the CEO? Like give me a name that I can go into my challenges and my troubles with so that I know I have confidence that you, you have enough power, strength to overcome. And God just simply says, I'm above it all. Like as Tom said, I've got this. I'm the one that, that's got this. And one of the questions you asked is like, how do people define God? Mm-hmm. And so one of the most applicable ways I could say that to, to maybe read your Bible in a, in a certain plan, maybe you grab the U version, there's like t- tons of plans on that. Um, or maybe you just read it cover to cover or read it chronologically. The ESV has a one called Every Day in God's Word, which is super easy. And it has a podcast that yeah. reads the scriptures for you every day. So you're, you're discovering this. You're asking this question, who does God say he is? Mm-hmm. Because what our problem is, is we want to say this, God is who I say he is, instead of God is who he says he is. That's right. That's a big distinction. Say that again. God is who I say he is, not who he says he is. That's right. And so I know it's really subtle, but think about this. So God says that he is good. And then I want to put a caveat on that. Mm -hmm. Well, if he was good, he would do this. He says that he is present. Well, if he was present, he would do this. And all of a sudden, I'm just slowly, slyly trying to define who God is. Because if he says he's good, if he says he's present, then he should do it this way. And I'm trying to define God in my image as opposed to just saying, you know, no, God, God defined me in his. God made me in his instead of trying to make God in mine. Yeah, and if you're a person who's like, oh, man, I'm busted on this one, don't, don't lose heart because... The very first story of the scriptures is Satan and Eve defining God for themselves. Like right. it's a human, yeah. it's a human thing for us to do. So when we go, this is another important, like when you get in your scriptures, you're starting to help yourself. You're actually letting God define himself for you. I should say it that way. It's it's pretty amazing where I'm at fault for this, and you see it immediately where. I was so encouraged initially when, when it says that God says, I hear you, I see you, I remember who I am, and I'm coming down to deliver you. Yeah, can I read that for us? Yeah, go for it. Exodus two twenty four. and God heard their groanings, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. In verse 25, God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. I mean, that's, we could... You could talk about that for hours, just encouraging our hearts, right? That should encourage you. I mean, as applicable as it can possibly be, just listen to this right now. Whatever you are going through, wherever you find yourself starting off 2021, that passage tells you this. The same God that met with Moses hears you, sees you, knows you, remembers his covenant with you through Jesus Christ, and is present with you. That's an amazing encouragement. Now, what's the very first thing we do with that? Is say, well, if he really heard and mm-hmm. knew and saw, 
why would he let them be in slavery? So that we start questioning his definition of himself. I'm a hearing God. Well, if he really heard and he saw me and he was present with me, he would do it this way. And so what are we doing? We're making God in our own image. Like we're telling God who he can and can't be. Amazingly, just really quick after even God defines himself in that. Right after he defines himself, yeah. right? And I love how he goes with Moses. Moses is asking, who are you, who are you, who are you? And he doesn't even necessarily fully answer it. He just says this, I'll be with you. And then Moses says, well, who am I? It doesn't matter. Like, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm with you. The only thing that matters is I am with you. I am who I am. And who are you, Moses? Don't worry about it. You're with me. That's a huge encouragement for us. But what do we first thing we do is say, okay, I couldn't believe in a God who says he hears and doesn't blank. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe in a God who says he knows and doesn't blank. And here's when you read the Bible cover to cover, God often doesn't do the very thing that we think he should. Um, we as Americans have a projection of who we think God should be oh, in yeah. our American kind of ideas of um, being, I guess, quick to solve problems. Yep. Sovereign over our own lives. Being in control. Yeah, that's uh, a, I should yeah. say being in control of our own lives. And so you're like, well, if I were God, I, I would end COVID right. three days ago. Like in April. Yeah. If I were God, I would just show up and remove all injustice. If I were God, I would show up and do this. And you read the whole Bible and you go, you know what? God almost rarely does it that way. You know what he calls? He calls participants to himself mm-hmm. and says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you and you will go with me and set people free. I'm going to be with you, prophet, and you're going to go to my people and proclaim. I'm going to be with you, king, and you're going to bring justice. And so we have an idea of who we think God should be. He would have to be this way. I could never believe in a God that does this or didn't do that. That's all self. That's all defining God. And God says, no, there's no place for that. I will reveal to you who I am. Here's the incredible thing. Who he reveals himself to be is utterly amazing. It's amazing. And, and that last connection of we're starting this I am series of the same God that was with Moses is Jesus with us. The clearest picture of, of who God is. Does he care? Does he love you? Is he capable? The how does clearest he, picture. Yeah. How does he interact with sinners? How does he interact with religious people? How does, what does he say? What does he believe? How does he like demonstrate or obey even his own words is defined by Jesus. By Jesus. Yeah. yeah. The clearest picture of who God is is Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. That's the clearest picture. If, you, if any of your friends say, oh, who is God? He sure seems like angry in the Old Testament, and then I like the New Testament version. No, Jesus is God. That's what he's claiming to be. That's why the people want to stone him to death. And if you love Jesus and you love his compassion and how he elevates the weak and the feeble, how he takes the vulnerable, how he takes the outcasts and brings them into community— that's God. Right. It's, it's just incredible. It is incredible. Okay, friends. So that's a really good understanding of where we're going in John. What else do you want to add to help us sort of navigate this next season as we look at the I Am statements? All right. So this, this is a great series for people who want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. Um, that's, that's perfect. How I would love for people to go through the series as well is it's the I Am who transforms everything, and I'm part of the transformation. So Jesus, as being I am, is going to transform who I am. He's going to transform me as a, as a man, as a, a, a person who lives in Erie, as a father. It should. And so every time we learn a new name of God or a new attribute, a characteristic of God, 
I want you to ask yourself, who does that say you are? What does that say about who you are? And so even from this last week, if, if we're going to say, okay, he is self-defining, if he's the one who hears and knows and sees and is present and will bring exodus from my troubles, um, first and foremost, my sin into death, then he's the one that hears you and sees you, knows you, remembers you, has come down to transform you. Um, that's the encouragement. So when we say, he, when he says, I am the good shepherd, what does that mean? To, who does that say you are? Well, I'm the sheep. Okay, I'm, I'm the one that, I'm the gate I protect. What does that mean for you? Well, I, I, God will care for me. So there's so many ways that I'm changed by learning who he is. And so just, just pay attention to that. Every time he discloses an I am statement, ask yourself, okay, that I am is going to transform everything, including me. So who, the I am is going to transform who we are. Right. And so look for, for what does God say about us as we're going through the I am series. Yep. The, this, the God who touches lepers, who raises his friends from the dead, God who feeds 5,000 does all those things for us as well. Yeah. Amazing. It's going to be a great, great series. Yeah. I'm looking I'm forward for to 2021, it, man. man. It's so good. I, I need it. I need to, I need to know if you're like me, friends, if you need to know, if you ever wonder, does God hear you? Does God remember you every day? Does he see you? Does God know what you're going through? This is a great encouragement for you. This is the series that you want to invest in. You want to study. You can Google your way to I am statements. How many are there? It's going to be seven that we're going to look at. There are seven we're going to look at in the Gospel of John. I mean, what would you recommend? Should we just, just read the Gospel of John in this series? Should we just read the seven statements? How would you do this? How I would mean, you recommend? Anytime you can get around the Gospel of John and ask three questions. Who does Jesus say he is? Who does he say that I am? And what does he ask me to do? Those are three good questions to be around the Gospel of John. You can encourage anyone to do that and then dive in with us on the weekends as we unpack this mysterious, grandiose, awesome God that's going to be big and massive, and you're going to say, oh, wow, he is so much bigger than my problems, so much bigger than my challenges, so much bigger than me. I can't define him, but I'm so thankful that he has revealed himself to me. It's going to build my faith and my trust and my love of who this Jesus is. Oh, man, I can't wait, my friends. It's so good to be with you, Thomas. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. Exciting year ahead of us. Exciting year at Calvary. Make sure you jump on calvarybible.com. Learn what's going on, all the events that are taking place this year in 2021. We want to get you plugged in, connected. If you're new to Calvary, Starting Point is coming up uh, just in a few short weeks. So you want to go to calvarybible.com slash events. Jump into Starting Points. a great way to meet Thomas, myself, meet a bunch of the staff no matter what campus you're on, and uh, get connected here at Calvary. Okay, friends, it's so good. We love you. Let me leave you with this. The New Testament, you referenced this, Thomas, just, from, just a minute ago. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. Friends, no matter where you're at today, no matter if you're having a great day, a great week, a great year, if you're having the worst year, you're in despair, loneliness. Know that Jesus Christ is the same, same God, uh, yesterday, today, and forever. And let's take hope in that. We love you. Talk to you soon. Do us a solid. Get on podcast. Give us a give us a review. Reach us at the weekly at calvarybible.com. 
We'd love to hear from you, your questions about the text of the I Am Statements. 